It's Pretty Okay. All right, that means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. gonna change our world feeling how i feel i'll accept the unreal if you be my no-eyed girl okay this is uh this is exciting it's january 12th as we're recording this and this is my uh this is my first pod from a new place fun fun little milestones um i am uh i i'm I'm broadcasting from my uh, my my dungeon, my little home office in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, nice! Um, as home I'm with look- the squirrels. Yes. Uh, I, I do, do they do they still fly or have they stopped flying? Uh, I I mean I I don't really know what they do in the winter. Maybe they just go south and they lounge on the beach. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, I've been. In the process of moving, like since since my last semester of grad school ended a month ago, I basically I've had some time where I was at home in Louisiana, but all my other time has been spent uh, between getting moved from Maryland down here, uh, starting a new job, and worrying about whether or not the world was going to end. And so that hasn't left a whole lot of time for me to uh, to keep up with the uh, the deluge that has been uh, ravaging my email inbox, uh, which is a, a, a way of uh, complaining about the uh, the overwhelming number of email newsletters that I've subscribed to. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I can just I, I know that for me, uh, newsletters and we'll get into this have been very important, not just in the past year, nine months, ten months, however we're measuring at this point, um, but also a, a good bit a good bit longer than that. There have been newsletters that I have forwarded to to you two. Uh, Max is not with us today, um, dealing with uh, I believe some some antlered situations. Um, but uh, I, I know that I've shared them with you, but I feel like as we start to unpack these, it's really going to get to be sort of like your approach to podcast versus my approach to podcast, which is I have a very set few that I am pretty religious and devout about. You have a lot and you, I think, catch up on all of them somehow, some way. But But we have different approaches. But that said... I think that we are going to find that um, we are all maybe pausing in some ways at the pretty recent onslaught of of, of newsletters. And, and actually, Max was able to join us for just a second be- beforehand. Um, and and I know that he doesn't have a huge awareness of them. And, and Kevin, I don't I don't know if you're a big uh, sub- subscriber to them, but don't you feel like that there are not only a lot right now, but there is an awareness of certain ones. I think a good example that Max brought up was the skim. I mean, Kevin is someone maybe who doesn't consume as many. Like, that that has some cultural cachet. Like, you have heard of that. Yeah, um, well, I would say that I am a subscriber of newsletters, um, but 
not often a reader of them mm. and um i'll i will sign up for them but then usually eventually unsubscribe at some point but yeah, yeah i actually um yeah they've definitely been growing and um julia's best friend actually works at uh, morning brew which is another oh, newsletter that has dope. like picked out picked up a ton of steam and <clears throat> they were acquired uh for a pretty big price um and their main product is their newsletter so yeah it seems to be kind of just the natural progression of the way people consume bite-sized things now that like i don't know no one watches tv news or anything and yeah and and i have in my mind that we have brought up the skim before or certainly i've i've discussed it with you two i i i subscribe to it probably like 2015 2016 i worked with people um, you know, a number of women who, who recommended it. And I, I wanted to, to read it because at that time I wasn't subscribing to really any newsletters, but they mentioned is like, Hey, it's and and I'd like to maybe start here. It's a really good way to catch up on, you know, what is going on, what you missed in a distilled way. Yeah. I, so I don't even, I don't even know if I think about it so much as catching up, but I think that distillation is super important like that's really the value proposition of those kinds of newsletters um the skim morning brew the various you know the newsletters that cnn puts out you know these things are about wrangling the internet is this vast lawless wasteland with no road signs no no helpful maps encouraging you and, and and telling you how to get where you want to go and so kind of the uh, so i would i would categorize morning brew in the skim into kind of like uh you know a middle generation of uh of newsletters that's really about wrangling the internet and and kind of helping you, uh, helping you kind of distill and curate what's important. Um, and on either end of that, the, like the super early newsletters, and uh, and and maybe a, a more modern species of the beast that we're going to spend, I think, most of our time talking about uh, the the world of Substack. Mm-hmm. are more about um kind of individuals uh forging a connection with their audience whatever that audience may be now there's still a big difference between kind of uh, if we're putting this in a, a 1.0 2.0 3.0 framework um between like Rush Limbaugh, like Rush Limbaugh um, had a an early kind of newsletter that was meant as like a supplement to all of his other stuff. Yes. But increasingly, Substack is, is kind of churning out this newsletter 3.0, if you will, where the newsletter is the product itself. And now if you want, if for some unthinkable reason you still want Matthew Iglesias content in 2021 even though I can't possibly think of anything less essential for your life uh, the only way to get it 
short like other than following him on Twitter is to pay to subscribe to his Substack newsletter. Yeah. Yeah, I and <clears throat> Kevin, I know you you had some questions about Substack before we started cuz you know, knowing about this 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 new type of newsletter, this the Substack supported one, there are other tools, but I mean Substack even you you can log into your Substack account and you can see all your newsletters and it really is kind of a platform for platforms but it's not like a full-blown website or anything it's just like here are all your your entries um and and you know that substack is is getting kind of crazy and overwrought because one thing they have is charts of the most popular uh, uh substacks right now and they also have dug up from uh the internet of yesteryear in the the nice past uh which is rss feeds for your Substack is something that has recently come up, which is just, I mean, back from the dead, truly. But, you know, part of me is uh, I I really like newsletters or maybe I like the idea of newsletters as, as often happens here um, because I think of them as is it is kind of like, OK, gather around children and, and let me let me tell you. A story or maybe not even a story but let me read you the news but i've done all the hard work for you if you want to learn more here's or you know if you want to supplement here you can go read this link but as i know one of my favorites um someone who has moved to substack from working for another place uh tom ziller who does the good morning it's basketball one that is very much like i have this trusting relationship with him and he'll write like basically a column at the start and we'll editorialize a little bit but I'm going there because I trust him to have kind of distilled basketball news in the past day and and alert me to things that I wouldn't find on the internet myself but I think that Substack is opening up us to something different and I should read from a wonderful New Yorker piece on Substack um, what they're what they're kind of doing, and they said it themselves, is uh, monetizing individuality, which scares me tremendously. As even should. though I, even though I just said I am going to these newsletters because I trust these individuals. But is it is it David Leonhart? Is that how you say his name? The guy yes. who does okay. That's different, I think, as someone who is kind of a news reader as opposed to a news writer or just a writer like Matt Iglesias or they talked about Maybe Baby in the New Yorker piece. Um, those are different levels of individuality, and that's where I get a little – maybe that's not for me. No, I, I, I think I get what you're saying. So so David Leonhardt, if you are, are not familiar, is an opinion writer or maybe he is now an editor at the New York Times who previously wrote – their daily opinion newsletter and then kind of got promoted if you will to to their their product called the morning which is like you know it's their version of morning brew it's the what are the things you ought to know today um and and so like there's there's such a big difference between this happening within the context of the new york times where David Leonhart having you know being the the host like that is how they that's how they frame him they frame him as the quote unquote the host of the morning mm-hmm. um and, and and giving 
giving this organization the the gray lady the the biggest the biggest ship in all of journalism and media giving it a face giving it a personality you know giving it some individuality and and something like Matt Iglesias and Tom Ziller winding up on Substack and it's kind of I, what I what I don't want to do is I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about necessarily like what sends writers to to go to Substack because I just I don't I don't want to engage with the whole yeah. Harper's Letter crowd and the, all the people who are like fleeing fleeing other uh, other places because they're you know they want to make a big point about cancel culture um, which is just a, a bullshit thing for you to say from your your well-paid media job uh you you are not actually being canceled because people are not nice to you on twitter that's not how that works um but but what i what i thought about when i saw monetizing individuality um i think i had a similar thought to you pierce which is i am incredibly worried about this because at a time when I think a lot of people are maybe starting to come around to the idea that in the food service industry, tipping is bad because it puts the onus on the customer to financially support the individual worker. Substack is like, no, tipping is great. And in order, if you want... 15, you know, if you want 15 newsletters, if you want the voice of 15 different people in your inbox or in your RSS feed or whatever it is, uh, we think that you should be paying a minimum of $75 a month for that privilege because their minimum price for a, a single newsletter is $5 a month. Yeah. So, so so just like it's really it's, it's really troubling to me that that they're running in this direction and and they're doing it they're 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 able to do it because of the way the media industry is um they would call it dying I would perhaps call it um flailing around trying to figure out what it's going to be in 5 years um but you know it's it's a conduit you know just as much as it is a conduit for people who want to to flee <laughs> flee the 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 woke scolds online um it's it's also a conduit for people who get laid off um yeah. people who have have done good work like tom the reason tom ziller is not at sb nation anymore is because California passed a law that changed the relationship of gig workers to their employers. And SB Nation had been getting by on treating real employees like gig workers for a very long time. And so they just fired everyone who was California connected. They were also acquired by Vox. So this is also maybe Matt Iglesias's uh, fault, but... But this, beside, beside <laughs> sure. that, Kevin, you had a you had a question. 
Uh, just to just to clarify, so like yes. if I want to subscribe to any Substack uh, newsletter, I am paying per uh, newsletter. Well, the... so some are free. Yeah, some some are free altogether, and some have like a free tier. But the minimum the minimum price for a paid newsletter is five dollars a month or okay. thirty dollars a year if they offer a yearly subscription determined by the author of the letter? yes yes okay yeah just want to clarify uh, things and and obviously substack gets gets a cut um and there are other platforms you know mailchimp i know has one um there there are a couple different ones so this is not you know completely new it, it in in the idea but substack has has been really popular i would quibble with the the tipping thing just in, in sort of the framing and, and maybe this will help sean because you it's it's more like you're you're not actually you're not in this restaurant and you know you're only tipping some of the wait staff it's like you are going you know, there are restaurants lined up and you are only going to one and you are only, you know, you because you only want one waiter and that person. It's just it's not like there's, you know, there's all this money and that it's it's like you're you're being that type of selective. It's a, a little bit different because you sign up for someone's newsletter and you're OK paying, paying them or, or whatever. I just um, that was slightly confusing. But anyways, no, no, I, see, I get what you're saying. You're not going to a restaurant for the mm-hmm. waiter yeah and and um yeah that that distinction matters for yeah. sure but uh, I, I guess to get back to the individuality part yes um and i'm just thinking about you know the ones i subscribe to in and do value which is, you know a couple couple sports ones but the things in that trusting relationship i wrote down something that that maybe helps helps me um, think about this and and in the New Yorker piece they spent a lot of time talking about some of the popular um, newsletters and we've mentioned Matt Iglesias uh, we mentioned one called Maybe Baby we've, we've mentioned uh, Good Morning It's Basketball and I think what I am looking for and where I get a little queasy is I'm okay if the individual is doing analysis you know people that are used to the totems of journalism you know those kind of things but then there's, and it is very popular, is is the individuality that's feelings. I mean, Kevin, have can you think of any newsletters you've engaged with that that are more on the feelings side of things as opposed to the analysis and kind of the the content that is here's my analysis of say you know Steph Curry, and also here's a link to an athletic art the athletic article. Um, on you know some basketball happening or some related item. I mean, I I'm mm-hmm. really think I'm only doing analysis stuff. Yeah, I again, there have been plenty of times where I subscribe to a newsletter and then ultimately decide I don't want to read it. And I've definitely come across some of those, like perhaps in um, like someone who writes a fitness blog that I like. I tried subscribing to the newsletter, but and the newsletter is mostly just him getting something out every couple of days and most mm-hmm. of it most of the time it's just like rushed just for the fact just for the sake of getting it out and you know so i unsubscribed because i didn't think that that was that was any good i think the the blog posts are usually like uh you know well researched and and stuff but the newsletter ones i didn't find that to be the case i would say so i i guess i i i subscribe to at least one 
newsletter that w- would qualify, I think, un- under the, the heading of feelings that you've described, mm-hmm. um, which is Will Leach's newsletter, the, the former, the founder of Deadspin, um, RIP, uh, even though it's technically not dead. Um, dead to me. <laughs> right. And, and, and so he, he writes a weekly newsletter that has, uh, it, it, you know, it has some aggregation of, of the things that he writes at various different places because his his gig is that he writes stories and does podcasts for a bunch of different folks. And so, you know, there there is a not not an analysis, but there is an aggregation aspect that I think would be maybe more useful if I really if what I cared about most was being able to read the you know the new york magazine article that will leach wrote this week but it starts with you know uh, it starts with like an essay and, and and you could you could call it i mean it's a blog post you you could call it sort of cultural criticism if you wanted but it's really you could call it analysis of just like what's going on in his world if you wanted but really it's just him kind of it's him talking to you for a bit. And so I, I find it kind of neat because I think he's a, a pretty insightful person. Um, but his newsletter is free. And so I, I'm not, I'm not sure if I would, I'm not sure if I would shell out, you know, cash for that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big, yeah. I am a big proponent of, you know, journalism and journalism adjacent content having, a monetary value. Um, I, I would say that a, a, a decent number of my sort of recurring subscription-y type payments are for exactly that. They're for information. Um, but I, I don't. I don't know. I just. I get. Uh, you know. I'm. When I read this New Yorker article that you were talking about, I get really worried when I see that their CEO says the company's intention is quote, to make it so that you can type into this box. And if the things you type are good, you're going to get rich End quote, because it's just, that's not, that's not how anything works. Um, no, there is no thing that is a pure meritocracy like that. And what he's describing Mm -hmm. is a pure meritocracy. Well, and they, and they undercut that themselves in some ways by, you know, I think where they are clearly trying to be a, a you know, ca- all capital letters, big tech disruptor, or big sure. tech firm, is that their agreement with uh, Matt Iglesias for him to have his, his newsletter, and I know we're picking on him a lot in, in everything, but, but he is the pro- he sucks. I mean, look, that's, uh, we're, we, we don't have to spend a lot of time on why he sucks. He just, he sucks. I'm, but but that's this not... is analysis, not feeling. Yeah, but sure, um, it, you know, but but they gave him a you know for both sides, you know, good incentives for him to join. So they are undercutting the meritocracy a little bit and becoming kind of a media firm. And and I think that that's that's or, or like in a weird way because I will say the subscription model for for media and Sean, you hit on it is good. I mean, 
I, you know, I'm a happy subscriber to the defector, and I will give them more money. I know that their their brethren and sistren have started the discourse, and that model of and what is a newsletter at the end of the day for for the most part is you get a little thing in your inbox that doesn't have a crap ton of ads and autoplay videos. It is a distilled, and this is what I like. It's it's kind of a, a pure-ish form of of internet it's it's an in an email and i can look at it and the thing that excites me most is like wow it's kind of like when i get on kotki for instance like that is a link or something that i would have never found on the internet or lauren tyson uh doing the cypher newsletter for defector every day and it's like uh pictures of red-bellied woodpeckers like i would never consume that (laughs) otherwise and sometimes you need that and yeah maybe that's feeling instead of analysis but she's not telling me how great the woodpecker is she's saying like this may make you happy go look at it that's it it's not like oh i was thinking about this today while i was you know having my third scoop of ice cream which you know more power to you but that's a very different thing with the monetization of individuality and and also just like so we so we don't get too far into like accepting a false premise like paying paying for feelings if that's what you want is also a good thing Absolutely. Uh, totally. Um, but but so so Substack, you, you mentioned something about it's a platform, it's a media company. This is where, you know, it, it's Substack is arguably like the perfect 2020, 2021 company. Uh, another one of their founders has said that they think their main competition is Facebook and Twitter. Um, and don't we all wish God, like, you know, what what are, (laughs) what, what are, uh, at this point, what are Substack, Facebook, and Twitter, if not three places that have an incredibly vested interest in you thinking of them purely as a tech platform and not as a publisher, you know, Mm -hmm. I just, it's, um, it's not true. It just isn't true. The, just the mere the mere fact that you, so you mentioned Matt Iglesias's payment model from Substack, but we didn't actually talk about what it was. So Substack for writers that choose to charge a subscription fee, Substack takes a cut, and their their standard fee is ten percent of your subscription revenue. But apparently, what we're learning is that for certain people for like big stars coming in uh, with a well-established audience that will, you know, will inevitably bring more eyes to Substack and other Substack content, presumably they're willing to do advances. Um, And, and so, uh, so in exchange for a very fat advance that is not specifically reported in the New Yorker article, uh, Substack is actually taking eighty-five percent of his subscription revenue. Oh, it's it's in the two, first. It's, year. It was it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Well, that's a shitload of money. Um, also, they're saying he brings in twenty-seven k in subscription revenue a month, which, mm-hmm. whew. Um, so, so, you know who gives out advances for for written content? Publishers. Publishers give book advances, guys. They gave Matt Iglesias a book advance to write an email blog. And, like, that's 
you're you're just you're not a tech platform if you do that. Like of course you're a tech platform in that part of your your product offering is a tech platform that allows anyone to publish a Substack newsletter and not charge for it. Like yeah, I understand that. But you I I think it would be very disingenuous of the Substack team to say that they really in their heart of hearts think that their main value prop is allowing everyday jamokes like us to publish quote unquote publish free email newsletters for you know even fewer people to read than people that listen to this <laughs> podcast well, it's uh, it's for it is to be the home of Matt Iglesias and Casey Newton who left The Verge and to be the home of Maybe Baby and Robert Christgau, arguably the greatest rock music yeah. critic of all time. Like I pay Robert Christgau $5 every month because I think his stuff is valuable. But like Substack exists to have a centralized home for those things and to make money off of people subscribing to them. Like that's what a publisher is. So I do want to take a second here and, you know, think about, so we've, we've bashed Substack a little bit. Um, and, and I get it at the same time, you know, Kevin, I, I am interested in, you know, there, especially with basketball newsletters, there's good morning. It's basketball. Um, there's things like true hoop. Um, I've shared with you all the, the Paul Flannery running probably newsletter, which gets into feelings a little bit, but I read it as, you know, he talks about training for running and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do think, I mean, Kevin, do you see some some promise in this, people getting maybe away from the yoke of ESPN and, and maybe not being able to always report or pursue what they want to? I mean, do you at least see some promise in these kind of platforms that are guided by their creators? Yeah, I I think that it's, I definitely think it's, it's, it's great for like Tom Ziller to be able to to do what he does it doesn't necessarily work for me because i don't like i don't want to read about the nba every day so like i'll mm -hmm. find a day where i feel like reading about the nba and i'll go find uh like a more long-form article than that but i i think it's great that <clears throat> yeah newsletters work for for people or they wouldn't uh, they probably wouldn't subscribe to them um i just don't I like to go seek out the stuff when I'm in the mood for it um, because when I wake up with 10 emails in my inbox, the first thing I want to do is just like delete them because I don't feel like <laughs> reading about the NBA when I first wake up. I kind of just want to make sure that the world isn't destroyed and then yep. carry on with I, my morning. I mean, to that to that point, I, and maybe it's, 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 a, it's a me thing, you know, you can find time and it will strike you that you'll go seek it out. Whereas I think... Uh, at least in this instance, I'm sure you are this way in other instances, but it becomes a routine for me. And having, you know, this this trusting person and David Leanhart, uh, you know, giving me the news or maybe it's the morning brew. Previously, it was the skim a, a couple of years ago. I would read that every morning um, or mm -hmm. or the uh, Paul Flannery thing. It I appreciate the way newsletters are built, which is there's a schedule. They're going to come. There is a way that they are structured. And that is appealing to me. And I, I mentioned, you know, it was really a question for myself. I like that, that 
you know, we got the newsletter some, I forget who wrote it, maybe it was a true hoop, but talking about how shitty Bill Simmons is. And that is something that, you know, you can't write about while you're still working for ESPN. But these creators are, are able to go and, you know, I know that they do good work and they are able to say what what they mean in a way that I think Dan Lebitard will probably go get to do now in his own media environment. And that's <clears throat> with these newsletters, I think ultimately that's another appealing aspect. Yes, but but make make sure you don't forget who you're talking about in that regard. Dan Lebitard Henry Abbott, like the true hoop folks. Yeah. Like these are people who built a big platform at ESPN. And so, uh, or, or somewhere else at the New York times at Vox. And, and so, you know, if we're talking about whether it's good for those people, because, you know, as always, when you ask, is it good for someone? There, there's a question of like, who is that person? What is their relationship to the thing? And if we're talking about whether or not Substack is, or something like Substack, because I, I don't want it to just be all about this one company. Um, no. And, and and it's also kind of like, it's fairly hypocritical for me to bash Substack too much, given that I'm subscribed to, you know, probably five Substack newsletters that I pay for. So, um, I, but, but this this proposition of getting out from under the yoke of insert large media apparatus here is fantastic for people who are constrained by the yoke for people who have built a brand, who have built an audience that can sustain itself outside of these umbrellas but that is such an incredibly small population and so if you are just like a a team blogger at espn like if you if you're the person you know if you're someone who writes occasional articles about the cowboys i'm i'm not convinced that jumping from the worldwide leader in sports to substack with the idea that you have to you have to do all of the marketing you have to find the audience and get your stuff mm-hmm. to them like that's a terrible proposition for and, someone who is not already established and i think that brings it around uh really nicely to to something you talked about earlier which is this this idea of meritocracy if you are making your bones as someone who is just kind of doing straight analysis straight reporting people don't know you from from adam or eve to to care about your feelings on something and if the idea the the false idea that we've already undercut of substack and these other places it's like you know this is truly a meritocracy you write good stuff it's going to be there no it's not because you are you're actually incentivizing or monetizing individuality and people are coming for individuals that have made themselves individuals right and you can't be one unless you're already one so maybe my 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 hope and promise of this internet like you know it's to go under the hood a little bit it's not like our podcast i listen to other podcasts i think we do a better job producing it and and analyzing and thinking about it and balancing than a lot of other people who do much more popular podcasts but we're not 
individuals at that level. And I understand that that's the way it is, but it's certainly not a meritocracy. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's, I think it's incredibly telling that most of these people that, um, that, that most of these people that this New Yorker article talks about are people who had built an audience somewhere else. They're people who were maybe not stars, but like, you know, if you're the features director of Man Repeller, Man Repeller is uh, presumably a site with a pretty well-defined audience. Matthew Iglesias, kind of a, you know, a media celebrity. Casey Newton, who left, uh, who left The Verge for, uh, for Substack in the fall uh, to talk about social networks or to, or to write about social networks rather um, is a media star. Uh, I, I already talked about Robert Criscow. He's probably the greatest rock critic ever. Um, Alison Roman, uh, a person who is also, I, I realized the other day kind of dead to me. Um, not, not through any like, great intentional uh effort but just because her her work had really just kind of fallen off my radar she's doing a substack newsletter and like so so it's great it's great for these people who have um you know who have established an audience somewhere else because if you if you do that you can take it to substack and type into this box and if the things you type are good you're going to get rich but I just I have a very base level, bone deep, fundamental disagreement with the idea that anyone else can get rich on Substack. You can't how how can you start out? I just I I think it's I think it is a total bill of goods to think that you could come, you know it's like someone like me, like I've you know, I went to journalism school. I have I have some clips, but I certainly am no like great established voice in journalism and media. Like the thought that I could go start cranking out content on Substack and pay my rent from that, pay my rent, much less get rich, is preposterous. And, and so if that's you were good. and if you were to get an audience, it doesn't really seem like it would be because of Substack. <laughs> and you would have gotten the audience anyway, and then you could have monetized it in, you know, a hundred different ways. Yes. There we go. Yeah. That seems probably like a, as good a place as any to wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since so, we, so, you know, talked about go, this for, for 38 minutes, which is probably about how long you spend cursing your inbox every morning when all your Substack yeah. newsletters come in. I mean, subscribe to these things, support people you like um, because it's a more direct way of supporting them. And if you want feelings, you want analysis, you want just straight links, do it. But uh, there's there's a lot to it. And don't be fooled into thinking it's a meritocracy. Yes. For for all that I have bashed Substack, if, if there is a person who you like and you trust and, and you think that their work is worth money and they're doing stuff on Substack, pay them for it. Please, God, pay them for it. Because as much as I hate the idea that, you know, 
that in the the new media landscape, we the readers are supposed to be the ones responsible for financially supporting the writers we like. For better or worse, it's kind of where we are right now. And so if you can swing it, like I I would highly recommend swinging it. Um, and and if it happens to be that that's on Substack, then that's that's where you can get them. So you know, support people on patreon if that's what they're doing you know i just like it's good it's good if you have people that you have that relationship with that's and that's really the thing for me the 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 substack subscriptions that i have are pretty much all about relationship it's about a person whose voice i trust on something and so yeah you know i think it's i think it's good to seek those things out even if you have quibbles with with the business model and and the, the company in which they're working, so um, all right, I've I've proselytized against <laughs> Substack for forty minutes now, so we really need to stop and move on to Pierce's sorry. Yeah, so um, you mentioned going to journalism school and and having clips, and that's kind of uh, a par for the course uh, on this. And I had this realization. Um, I guess towards the end of last month, um, and and Sean, you this this may ring a bell to you, Kevin. More likely, do you do you recognize a name that is uh, the name Jerry Reed? Does that name ring a bell to you? Yes, I'm not remembering what it is, but yeah. So when I used to go to UVA basketball games and oh, yes. yell terrible things at the refs. Um, and make gestures that some people saw on TV towards refs. Uh, there was a a man who stood next to me, and truly a man because he was about <laughs> fifty years my senior, named Jerry Reed. Yes. Um, and in 2011, I, you know, I had known Jerry for a little bit. I, yeah, I believe it was 2011. I have the I have the date written down now. I, um, I talked with Jerry because he had he was an undergraduate student at the University of Virginia at that age. He never graduated from college and, and went. Um, and I said, hey, I want to put this on the radio. I want to talk to you about your story and get a sense of it because I was working for the, the WTJU, the new show we did at you know, 5 o'clock every day. Um, so I, I wrote, I produced, I did the interview. I, I did the whole thing and, and put that on the radio, and it was like – it is one of the only good things I have ever created or one of the only things I would ever describe as good. And so recently I was like, you know, I want to find that because it should be. I, I want to note also that like about six months later, the New York Times did the same story that I did. And I, I remember saying that then I'm like, I did this story. Um, so I realized when I was thinking about it the other day, um, I went through a lot of emails and uh, save your work. Folks, it doesn't exist anywhere. This thing I did, I spent a lot of time on it. Um, it probably exists on a computer somewhere, but not on one that, that I have in any way. <laughs> so I am sorry for not saving my work because it's something that, uh, you know, I wanted to remember and I want to, you know, be able honestly to share with, with other people because I thought that that story was pretty inspiring and as it is i did not save my work so i can't share this story of you know this this doofus me 
uh, producing a radio program about this this guy with the incredible story, and it just didn't didn't save my work. So, um, to the six people who listened that day, I hope you remember it. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a real bummer, a real screw up by me. Save your work. Yeah. So on the on the topic of the podcast, so if, if that was quote the only good thing you've ever done. Probably in your in your lifetime earnings, that's probably not reflected. In, uh... Yeah, uh, well, the the only good thing I would admit to doing, basically. Fair enough. Uh, okay, well, uh, I guess I'm I'm supposed to close the show with a big idea from pop culture, but but truly, the only real idea I have at this point is that moving sucks, and uh, and and the thing that has been making it more palatable i already talked about last week i have been absolutely shotgunning episodes of you're wrong about while i move boxes around my apartment and unpack and build furniture and and stuff like that so i uh i don't (laughs) really have anything new for this week so uh i guess uh does anybody else have anything they want to share Kevin, any anything anything good on on your part? Um, I don't know. CES was today. I guess all the tech companies announced computer stuff. Go get the AMD one. Oh yeah, that's a big idea, isn't the the AMD um, isn't the AMD chip coming to laptops now? The big the one that people are excited about. Yeah, that's uh, it'll be in laptops. It'll be it'll be in everything. So Ooh. okay. Uh. Buy AMD stuff. That's my big idea every week. <laughs> All yes, right. I wonder. I wonder why he he says that. Okay. Well, that is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com. If you do that, uh, you can find episodes there, or you can subscribe to the feed on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, please leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show we'd love to share it with them as well we'll be back next week to talk about something else until then i'm sean i'm pierce i'm kevin thanks for listening bye